Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your household, your family are doing well in God's blessings. We are on the subject of the blood covenant and we are talking about the blessings of the new covenant. That's where we are right now. And yesterday we were talking about uh, uh, Jesus Christ is our healer, Christ our healer, which is the uh, which corresponds to uh, Yahweh Rapha, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And, uh, uh, you know, I was, I was showing you certain scriptures, but I want to begin by saying this, that you see, God's promise for uh, healing in the old covenant was of at a totally different level than his promises for healing uh, in the new covenant, because God's promise in the old covenant was based on you know, his promise, his word. He said, I'm Yahweh Rapha, I'm the Lord who healeth thee. But in the new covenant, it is based not only upon his promise, but it is also based upon the price that Jesus Christ personally paid for us upon the cross of Calvary. It says that, uh, uh, that by his stripes we have been healed, that uh, Jesus was whipped and bruised and beaten and crucified and by the wounds that he suffered on his own body, bearing our diseases personally in his own self, we have been healed. So um, these, uh, the, there's a significant difference there. But anyway, let us continue with our study. Uh, let's go to Mark chapter 14 verses 35 to 36. And uh, it says here, and when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. It means what he's saying here is that when the people um, of this certain region, they heard that Jesus was in the area. When they heard that Jesus was there, he said they, they, they sent word all around the region and they brought unto him all that was, were diseased. This is, this is amazing, astounding that they, uh, that they heard that Jesus was there and uh, they heard about his healing power. So they, they brought every single diseased person in that region. Can you imagine? Every single person who had any kind of disease or infirmity in that region, they brought him to Jesus, uh, brought them all to Jesus. And they begged him that if the sick could only touch the hem of his garment. And they said, Jesus, let, let these people just uh, touch your garment as you pass by. You know, you don't have to stand and pray for everybody. Just let them touch your garment. And he says, and as many as touched were perfectly whole. That means every single man, woman, and child who was diseased, when they touched him, they were made whole. I think this is very important for us to think because Jesus didn't stop and say to one guy, listen, don't touch me because, you know, it isn't my plan to heal you. God is doing another work in you and, you know, God is sovereign and I know I'm here to send people, but uh, I mean, I'm sent here to heal people, but 
I'm not going to heal you. Didn't do that. Every single, I want you to think of that. The every, he says, they brought unto him all that were diseased in that region. I mean, these people had faith and confidence. They brought every single person. They didn't say, well, you know, I, I, do, I don't think I want to go because it's nobody, I never get healed or God doesn't want to heal me. No, every single person was brought and they asked him, can these people just touch the hem of our garment as you pass by? And as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. That means each and every person who touched him was made hundred percent whole. Now we we have to we have to remember that. And when we when when I read the scriptures, I think, you know, I see this that all those who were diseased were brought to Jesus and everybody who touched him, everybody who touched him was made 100% whole. You didn't have any, uh, you know, like people who were progressively healed or, uh, or, or, you know, which happens. A lot of time people are healed progressively. Uh, some people don't feel anything, but they healed overnight. It didn't happen. I mean, they were all perfectly, each one of them was perfectly Totally, no one, no one, no one was healed partially. They were all completely healed. So, uh, you know, when we look at our human experience, and and uh, I mean, uh, I I cannot claim that this has happened in. My, I'll be the first one to say this hasn't happened in my meetings. You know, I mean, we see many people healed, but we also see people who are not healed, people who are partially healed, and. All that. So, what what do I do when I face when I am faced with the scripture that this is the healing ministry of Jesus? This is how Jesus heals the sick, and that is my experience. Well, I can do one of two things. The first thing is I can um, I can say, well, you know, um, that was then, but the truth is that. There are times God doesn't want to heal people because he's sovereign and, and we don't always understand his ways. And, and uh, uh, sometimes we know that he bore our diseases. Yeah, we, the Bible says that, but we cannot take it literally. We cannot understand it that way uh, because the reality is not everybody gets healed. And so we have to uh, retool or redo our understanding of uh, that he has borne our diseases, carried our pains, and by his stripes we are healed, which we call healing in the atonement. We have to redo, retool our understanding. And so that the, uh, so, and we don't say it that way, but what it is, we want to readjust the scripture so it fits our experience. You understand what I'm saying? And that's a very dangerous thing to do when we decide we look at our experience and, and we go and we use that as a foundation and then we say, well, this is our experience, but this is what the Bible says. So what we got to do, we got to redo our understanding of the scripture uh, to fit our experience. And so what we are saying is that, you know, God doesn't really mean what he says. He makes it sound good, but that's not the way it is because there's these other factors. Now, interestingly, the other factors that we say, well, the sovereignty of God or sometimes, you know, whatever it is, those things are not found in the scripture. Those things, what is found in the scripture is this, as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. 
uh, but all those things that theologians sit and pastors sit and and you know and they brainstorm and come up with to redo retool our understanding of healing and the atonement those things are not found in scripture so one thing we can do is sit down and say okay this has been my experience i've been praying for the sake for um, 40 years i mean i i got saved 1975 been in the ministry since 76 44 years baptized with the Holy Spirit in 1980. So for 40 years, I've been doing Pentecostal ministry and I have never seen everybody healed. And so I must, there must be something uh, wrong with the way we understand scriptures or the scripture doesn't really mean what it says it does because there's other factors involved. So I can do that. Okay. That's one choice I have. The other choice I can, I have is this. And that's the way I have chosen to go, that no matter what my experience is, the Bible is more true than my experience. Now, why is it this way? Well, there can be a myriad of different reasons. I don't understand. Firstly, I can say my faith is not perfect. I'm, I'm not Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm, let, let me put it this way. I'm far better off. Uh, in, in a better place today than I was 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years ago. And uh, that journey of faith has been a long journey. And I'm at that place that even though I continue in that journey and I go from strength to strength, from faith to faith, from glory to glory, I will reach that fullness that I long for only when I see Jesus face to face when I stand before in heaven and the Bible promises that that day I shall be exactly like him. But until that uh, day, uh, there's that element of faith because faith, see faith, there's two sides to faith. One side of faith is taking what Jesus has done for us upon the cross and possessing it with by faith and speaking it with our mouth and declaring that is ours. That's the one side. The other dimension of faith is always pressing forward and striving towards it and growing into it, you know, growing into those things. And as we do that, we experience more and more things. We, we go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. So I can say this, that I'm at a far better place when it comes to faith, when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to walking with Jesus. And as a result, when it comes to seeing miracles, I see more miracles. I see more today than I did years ago. So because I am in that journey, I will never measure uh, or interpret God's uh, work or his word or his, what he is according to my journey. That my journey is not the goal that God's word should line up, uh, would, should line up with my journey and that I should find excuses to, to uh, bring, uh, to, to make sense of the word of God according to my journey and my place in life, because all of us have different journeys, different experiences in life. So that's why I have not chosen that first path that chooses to do that. But the second path I have chosen, that means that I look at myself and I say, okay, I'm not perfect. My understanding is not perfect. My faith is not perfect, but praise God, it is better than where it was in the past. But I'm still not where I'm going to be. I'm going from glory to glory and I keep on preaching. I'm an imperfect man with imperfect experiences, but I press on towards that 
perfect goal, that total goal. And that's why I preach the perfect word. And, and uh, you know, so people ask me, well, what do you do if you pray for somebody and the dies? Uh, what do you do? And, and the, you see, that's the American mind. That's the European American mind. You pray for somebody and, and, and somebody dies and you've got to stop and you've got to make sense of this. You've got to figure this out. You've got to you know, rationalize the whole thing so you can tell everybody. No, but that's not faith. That's rationalization. That's the Western brain at work. That's what it is. And, but what I do is that I just, uh, you know, there are things I just don't try to understand because one thing I've learned in my 66 years of earth, don't try to learn, don't try to understand everything because there are things that are mysteries that are known only to God and to ascribe any reason to them would be speculative. Like, for example, if I say, oh, this person didn't have enough faith, that's speculative unless God shows me the fact it is speculative or I can say, oh, there was somebody in the meeting who was making a noise. He was disturbing the anointing speculative or whatever, whatever reason or God is sovereign and he didn't say it fit speculation. Everything that is not in the word of God is speculative. So what do I do is that, you know, I decide to humble myself before God and I say, Father, I don't understand this, but I know you are God. I know that your word is true and I will not stop and incorporate my experience into my theology. I'm not going to teach it, preach it, but I'm going to teach and preach that is which, which is in the Bible. I will keep on proclaiming from the rooftops and tell everybody that Jesus bore everybody's sins and carried everybody's diseases, even if everybody is not saved or healed. And I will be faithful and true to the word and I will just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. Hallelujah. Uh, my pastor Sam Smucker tells me about his father. His father uh, was a I never met him. He went home to be with the Lord before uh, I came to Lancaster. But his father uh, was actually had to leave the Amish church because his father, you know, discovered the word of God and believed in healing and the atonement. And Jesus bore our sins, carried our diseases. But his father died of an illness and on his deathbed. The last thing he said to Pastor Sam, well, one of the last things, he said, Sam, no matter what happens to me, you preach the word. You keep on preaching it. You tell everybody that Jesus bore their diseases and carried their pains and that by his stripes we are healed because that is the truth. That is the word of God. Don't let my, in other words, don't let what you see happen to me enter into the equation. So anyway, but that is part of the journey of faith. That is faith. Because when you feel like you have to stop and rationalize and make sense and understand everything, let me tell you what that is. That is not faith. That is unbelief looking for an excuse to justify itself. That is unbelief lifting up one's own experience above, elevating one's own experience above the word of God. Listen, Sometimes it's very, very painful. It's, you know, when people have suffered a deep personal loss. And, um, and so what, what we do, let that deep personal loss uh, 
bring you to a place of humility and brokenness where you get, uh, where God uses that to minister to you, to get a deep compassion for people who are suffering instead of letting it change your beliefs and your theology. Because if you let that deep personal loss that you have suffered change your beliefs and your theology, it will not do you or anyone else any good. But what you do is you have a deep personal loss, you take them and let that bring that measure of brokenness and, and tears to your eyes and, and seek God and fast and pray and you will come out a man or a woman with a deeper, deeper relationship with God and a deep compassion in your heart for those who have suffered just like you have suffered. And, and But at the same time, don't say that God allowed that to happen so that you could develop that compassion. That's not why God allowed that to happen. Sometimes, you see, it's, it's like this. The devil Take, we live in a fallen world where there's terrible things happening all around us, both in the spiritual world and the physical world. And what happens is that that's why things happen of which we don't, we can't make sense. And then, but when those things happen, what you do is is uh, uh, is understand this that God did not allow those things to happen to you so He could work in your life. But those things were done by the devil. But God is so good that he enters even into our sorrows and he enters into situations that we have come into. Uh, whoever's fault it is, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't have to be anyone's fault. But the goodness of God is that he comes into a difficult situation and he brings beauty out of ashes. Remember that. Surrender your life, your heart and your mind and your uh, uh, faculties of reasoning and 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 uh, rationalizing, surrender them to God. Surrender your life at the altar, and just say, Lord, it is not for me to understand everything, but I preach the gospel, the perfect gospel of liberty. I preach what Jesus has done for mankind, that he has borne our diseases and carried our pains and with his stripes we are healed. That is where I stand. Hallelujah. So that is where I stand. I just want you to understand that. And so what I'm striving together uh, towards is two things. The first thing I'm striving towards is I want to be like Jesus and that will be the day I'll be perfect. And that is my big dream. The second thing is that I want to see that day on this earth when I will be in a meeting where every single person will be healed and I am pushing towards that. Uh, I am pushing towards that. I am pressing towards that. I want to see more and more people saved, more and more people healed, people delivered, people set free. Christopher Alam is pressing towards that goal and he is not giving up because he's going to preach the perfect gospel of total liberty through Jesus Christ Liberty from sin, liberty from disease, liberty from demons, liberty from all the works of Satan. Amen. Praise God. Anyway, so let's, uh, I took so long to uh, go through these two verses with you, but it's worth it all. You know, it's always good to stand and ponder the word of God and, and see what the word of God says and how, you know, the word of God should always challenge us and because only when it challenges us and we 
and then we submit to the word of God. That is when we change. We change not when we play around with the word of God and try to make it fit into our thing, but it's when we submit to it and we say, okay, this is the way it is, God. I don't, it doesn't make sense, but you are God, I'm man. You are speaking from a place of infinite wisdom. And uh, so I submit to your word and I believe your word because you say so. And that is how we grow in our faith and in our relationship with the Lord. Amen. Now, Mark 6, 56, it says, And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick on the streets and besought him that they might touch if it were but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. Now, this is interesting because that the last scripture I said that where they you know they, they laid uh, they brought all the sick and they laid them down and as he passed by they touched him and they were all healed it was not just a one-off thing it's not that you might say well it happened once no 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 it happened many many times there are several places in the scriptures where it says that that's what happened and and so a pat but the, but the pattern that begins to emerge in the scripture, it says that, and I'm using bad English here, that nobody who touched Jesus was unhealed. I mean, unhealed is not a word, but if you get my point, everybody who touched Jesus was healed, but there was never one person who touched Jesus who was not healed. I want you to think of that. So it says, and whithersoever he entered, that means wherever he went, whether it was villages or cities or country, they laid the sick on the streets. And they brought the sick out, led them on the street, and they begged him, Lord, let the people touch the hem of your garment as you walk by. And as many as touched him were made whole. Okay, no wonder the Pharisees were angry at him. Matthew 12, 25, it says, But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Hallelujah. He said, great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Acts 10, 38. <clears throat> this is Peter. And here's Peter, uh, you know, like in, in one verse, in one verse, he is explaining in a nutshell the total ministry of Jesus. I mean, the ministry of Jesus is so great, you cannot put it in a nutshell. And a theologian, theologian can put his brain in a nutshell, but the ministry of Jesus, you cannot put in a nutshell. But what I mean here is that one sentence, it explains everything. It's a, a short, quick explanation of the ministry of Jesus. And I like this, Acts 10.38. How God, these are the words of Peter, the apostle, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. So God, the father anointed the Lord Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. So God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. And Jesus, he went about doing good, healing all. 
again, healing all, each and every person, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So I, I, I see several things. The first thing is that God anointed Jesus with of Nazareth to the Holy Ghost and power. In other words, if we, you and I want to do, want to be used by God in this kind of ministry, we have to be anointed by God with the Holy Ghost and with power. All right. Now, let me just say this. Holy Ghost, anointed the Holy Ghost and power. You know, many people, they have reduced the Holy Ghost to, you know, these Holy Ghost meetings where people run around and laugh and fall and make noise and act like they're drunk. Listen, you can call it whatever you like, but that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about Holy Ghost and power. So is be anointed with Holy Ghost and with power. Be anointed with Holy Ghost and power. And the anointing with the Holy Ghost and power is something you get on your knees. You know, you get on your knees. And, and if what you strive after, if what you seek after is to have meetings where you can have an experience, you can get drunk, you can laugh and you can fall and you can jump and shout. Listen, if that's what you want, because I know people, that's what they want. They want to experience that. And that's really the totality. They don't have a, a desire, a burning desire to see crippled and blind and deaf people healed, but they want to experience that. And if that's what you want, that's what you'll get. That's what you want. That's what you'll get. But he says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And what did he do? He didn't go around falling, laughing, shaking, but what he did was that he went about doing good. That Holy Ghost and power that the Father put over Jesus, Jesus took that and ran with it and he went around doing good. And that's what I long for, brothers and sisters. We who are Pentecostal, who, who's, who believe in the power of the Holy Ghost, that we will receive that anointing with the Holy Ghost and with power from God. And the result of that would be like people like you and me will be out there where the suffering are, where the sick are, where the diseased are, and we shall be doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God is with us. So that's the first thing you should look at, that the, there's a purpose with the anointing, with Holy Ghost and power so we can go out and do good and do the works of Jesus because what we are anointed with will be shown as good things in the lives of other people. Not our experience, not me falling, laughing, you know, I'm, I'm not going to debate that. But what I'm saying is that the experience with the Holy Ghost and power, if we are anointed the Holy Ghost and power, the fruit of that will be out there where the people are, with people seeing, you know, we are doing good to the people. Diseased people are being healed. People's lives are being changed. People are being delivered. People are being set free from disease and from demons. That is why we have been anointed with the Holy Ghost. That for me is a Holy Ghost meeting. That's a real Holy Ghost meeting where men and women are anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power and they went out doing good. And then it says healing all. That's what Jesus did. Again, as I said, he healed everybody who were oppressed of the devil. That means that this is a new angle, that disease is demonic oppression. In other words, I'm not saying everyone is sick, 
is demon possessed. That's all, not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that disease is of the devil and people who are sick are being oppressed by the devil through physical infirmity. Now, the devil attacks a person's mind in some ways, but he can also attack people's bodies in some ways. But it's the same devil who is behind it. The same devil who is behind depression and mental oppression is also the same devil who is behind disease. So that's why we got to hate disease like we hate the devil himself. So he he healed all who were oppressed by the devil. So when Jesus saw a sick person, he saw a person on whom the devil had put a heavy burden. So even if he healed them, he didn't cast the devil out of them. The origin of disease is the devil. So uh, he, I'm not saying it needs deliverance. It needs a healing. But the origin of the disease itself is from the devil. He healed all that were oppressed of devil because God was with him. He did this because God was with him. And if God is with us, who can then stand against us? Hallelujah. Because we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Listen, if we are anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power and we can say, God is with me, then we should be out there doing good, just like Jesus, healing the people and setting them free. Praise God. And may you and I receive the grace from God to be used by him in a mighty way to touch the lives of people and to set them free. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray that you use them mightily for your glory. Let them bear much fruit, Father, great fruit. Let people be healed and set free as they minister to people. Lord, we thank you for boldness. We thank you for power. We thank you for grace. We thank you for the anointing and the power of your Holy Ghost. And God bless you. And may he bless your family and bless your household with long life and health and financial blessings. And may your needs be met in the name of Jesus.